Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And I'm Jeremy. And today, we are talking about Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con 2023. It's our recap episode, and we have so much to talk about. Oh, gosh. So many things. And if you didn't go to Comic-Con this year, you can live vicariously through all of our tellings and tales and hijinks and whatnot. We have a lot of different things that we did and bought and people that we talked to. Yeah. And if you want even more living vicariously through us and get some some pretty chances of some pretty cool stuff, you can follow us on Patreon. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash keepers because we are doing multiple giveaways of things that we acquired during the con, including a signed Masterverse poster by Kyle Higgins, Melissa Flores, Megan Camarena, uh, and more. So definitely a lot of cool things out there. Plenty of books, some signed stuff. Let's dive straight into our San Diego Comic-Con 2023 experience, fellas. I, I think the first thing we should probably address is this Comic-Con was a little different because of the writer strike. It was a little different this year because... No actors, no like uh, very few voice actors, a lot of Hollywood talent didn't come down, which means a lot of panels were canceled or rearranged a little bit where it was just a director, just a producer or something talking. The The attendance was different. It was weird. It, it felt a little uh, not like the Comic Cons of the, the past, maybe, I don't know, 12, 13 years or so, but it still was pretty busy. What do you, what do you guys think? I mean, like, did, do you think that helped bring it back to comics or, or was it maybe like it just kind of lacked its a uh, panache that it normally has? I, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think that, you know, the, the AAA aspect of comic con that really kind of took off with twilight in 2008, right. Kind of shifted the direction of the con, for good or for ill, right? Like AAA companies came out there, people got lined up around the block for Hall H. They kind of created a new buzz and a new kind of legacy for the con, um, which again, old standbys, old diehards of the con might say was a bad thing, but folks, you know, you, you could argue that it also brought a lot of new people into the fandom, which helps to sell more comic books, which helps to help, you know, fuel the industry. So um, I think that, it's it's definitely good to have that presence. However, this year was pretty refreshing, I would say, to not have to worry about that huge Marvel Hall H panel on Saturday, uh, to not have to worry about um, people throwing elbows, trying to get in the ballroom 20 for this, that, or the other thing, right? So I think uh, it did allow for a lot of the smaller panels to get some attention, for a lot of the smaller booths to get some attention, small press, uh, and... Overall, I think it was a, uh, it was it was it was good. I thought it was a good change, um, but I don't know. What do you think, Lance? It was fun to hear about those panels and presentations that were getting moved over to the bigger rooms, so they had a wider audience for them. So it was fun. I fe- I felt like this was far more comic book focused this year, which was a blast. I enjoyed looking through the the various vendor booths and we'll get into some of the things we found some really exciting things actually but i i had a lot of fun this san diego comic-con and i didn't feel the pressure to try and figure out ways of getting into hall h or waiting in lines and i felt like wednesday and thursday felt very packed extremely busy 
but kind of the Friday, Saturday, Sunday started to thin out and you were just able to see a lot more stuff, talk to creators a little bit more easily. And I, yeah, I really had a lot of fun. I wouldn't mind if the big studios did not show up to <laughs> the convention because it, it lets it be more about comics. I want comic con to be about comics. Yeah. Cause then honestly, like a lot of those things, even in some of the smaller panels, as soon as they announce something, it was released on social media, like, Oh, we're going to show you a trailer. And then it was instantly shown, you know, because they're just worried about leaks and everything. So it, it kind of dampens the specialness of being in there to be the first to see something because all the studios are just like, well, they're going to, somebody's going to show it anyway. So we might as well just put it out there. So why are you in there for an exclusive showing of something or an announcement? But you know, I guess just to feel the energy of the room. Um, I mean, there is, I know there are people that kind of are really into that, that, that hall H kind of thing, but I've only done that a one, a couple Mm -hmm. times and, but it's, it, it was, it it was interesting for sure. I think it was fun to, to have that uh, comic focus a little bit back in the limelight. I, I do think um, there were definitely some moments on the floor uh, to Lance's point where it felt, very busy (laughs) like very crowded and i would even say it wasn't just wednesday and thursday like there were definitely moments on saturday where it felt quite bumper to bumper because there was no marvel panel in hall Mm -hmm. h because there weren't those big things that usually yeah that's true like draw people away um but so yeah that is i think that is a logistical thing to keep in mind that if in the future there are more shows like that where marvel maybe focuses their announcements at d23 which could totally happen by Mm -hmm. the way like i could totally see marvel shifting their announcements to d23 instead of comic-con um and so if if there is a bit of that shift i think it'll really be about comic-con programming being strategic about large things that could draw in the crowds and help to relieve some of that pressure on the hall floor because they were like the fire marshal's gonna come in here and start and start like really like giving us a hard time if we don't uh, figure yeah, this out that was so, that's yeah. true it, it definitely felt crowded well now that we got kind of the logistics of the change of this san diego comic-con let's get into the fun things that we got to enjoy the the finds the the exciting meetups of the creators so chris what was what was the first thing that like stood out to you for your comic-con experience i think this one for me was definitely a lot more meeting creators because that's something i tend to shy away from in in past um i i got to get into a few more panels which was nice because of the difference in you know waiting in lines and stuff like that so going to panels where i actually got to learn and and hear things about upcoming comic series and from all kinds of studios which we'll get into a little bit and uh and also just being kind of like you know brave enough to go up to a, a creator booth an artist alley or a booth and be like hey uh, nice to meet you and can you sign something and i want to buy some art from you and 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 that was that was pretty fun too i think if, if i'm gonna pick something specific if i'm gonna pick something specific it would probably be the minor threats panel so that that was pretty fun and i was looking forward to hearing more about that comic and that, that was really fun. Just Patton Oswalt's I'm a big fan of his comedy and, and he wrote a comic book for dark horse and it's, it's very funny and a very funny premise. And, and that was Lance and I went to that and it was, uh, it was hilarious and fun just to hear about this kind of 
you know, offshoot universe that he's created. So, um, that was, that was a fun one. Yeah. That, that panel was great. It was super funny. Patton is so good with his comedic timing and Chris, you actually got, didn't you get a poster and the trade paperback signed by the creative team? Yeah, I got a, a small poster and the trade paperback. Yeah. Uh, the, the minor threats paperback of, of the kind of the first, run of the books um and got to talk with them briefly and just you know in the line uh but that was fun and gave them our sticker and be like hey <laughs> so i don't know we'll see I mean, we're gonna reach out and, and see if they'll come on the show but we'll we'll see uh i hope you, we'll get some contacts you gave Patton oswald our sticker yeah yeah amazing i did <laughs> i did uh, somewhere out in, there Patton Oswald either threw it threw it in the garbage or it's it's adorning maybe, something really cool you never know and and he's seeing it every day awesome uh so Jeremy and I had were over at another panel I feel like it was it's really important that we talk about like Skybound's presence at this comic-con because the the yeah. number one big exclusive of Samuel Comic-Con really was the Transformers 1 uh, by Daniel Warren Johnson. It's the Ashcan. That's this, the series is going to come out in October, I believe, is when issue one drops. And people were going nuts for this issue. The Skybound line was all the way wrapped around the booth and then moved over to the sidewall and kept having to get capped every second really mm-hmm. they would only let a few people in the line at a time when it would be moving but it was it was wild and there was a, a different uh invincible uh cover exclusive cover each day so people were losing their minds about that but in the same vein as getting that transformers ash can which jeremy and i got I, chris you also got i got Ashcan one too as well, yeah. right yeah mm-hmm. and we actually got them signed by daniel at the convention which was super fun uh, but we went to the Energon panel. And if people aren't aware, the Energon universe is o- so now over at Skybound, which is an imprint of Image. And recently there was the release of Void Rivals, which is the new comic by Robert Kirkman. And the ending, spoilers for that book, the ending of that first issue shows a Transformer. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's Jetfire coming out of this planet and flying away, showing that it within the Vo- Void Rivals comic, it is part of a joined universe with Transformers and then was later revealed in that same issue in the back to also include G.I. Joe. So we have this new interconnected universe, and that's what this whole Energon panel was talking about. Jeremy, you want to talk a little bit about the things that they revealed in that panel? Well, first, I want to go back to your original point about the Skybound booth, because I I have to reiterate, like, this booth was bumping all weekend long. And uh, not only not only the Transformers, Ashcan and the Void Rivals, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson cover were very popular, um, but also uh, the uh, I would say the Capullo variant on preview night and the Rose Besh variant on Saturday are also both very highly sought after exclusives from the con. So um, this was actually the first time Skybound has had like a dedicated booth. I think one of them had mentioned that. So like for their first time having their own like dedicated booth like this, the presence they had was crazy. Um, 
So all that being said, yes, the Energon Universe panel was amazing. Um, so on the panel, we had uh, Robert Kirkman, we had Daniel Warren Johnson, we had Sean Meckwicks, and we had Joshua Williamson. Um, and they all were kind of discussing kind of the, the creation of this world, the strategy in terms of bringing in um, and bringing in Transformers and Void Rivals and the reveal and uh, and Duke and Cobra Commander, which will be coming next year uh, and just you know, they, they showed off some amazing variant covers uh, for some of those upcoming issues for Void Rivals, for example. Um, and I think they even teased some covers for Transformers. They did. They, they, there was a Ryan, a Ryan Otley variant for, for Transformers, right. which was Optimus Prime straight up punching uh-huh. through. I think it's Megatron or just it might be Megatron or Starscream. I'm not yeah. sure. But the there was... One thing that was really cool that was talked about was that uh, within the Cobra Commander series that's going to be coming out, they just said it's a straight up horror comic, which I was not expecting from a G.I. Joe comic because I I am not a G.I. Joe like fan. It was never a franchise I got super into, but I am very excited with how it's going to interconnect within this universe. And yeah. And one other thing before I forget to say it is something Daniel Warren Johnson said about uh, in issue two, something Optimus Prime is going to say. And it was that uh, so Optimus is talking to humans and he says, where I come from, I don't leave footprints where I tread. So it, they're going to be talking about how the Transformers are dealing with the impact they make on a human inhabited world. So it, there's going to be all these fun dynamics that are going to be shown. Optimus spoilers also Optimus is doing like power bombs in this first issue. It, it It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising that Daniel Warren Johnson is going to incorporate, um, you know, wrestling moves in, in his act, in his style of action and combat. Um, but it's also his approach to how he draws the transformers as well. He spoke a lot about that during the panel in terms of drawing them in the G one style. Um, and having that more like kind of like blocky approach um he he realized the more the more he like focused and like thought about like how he was drawing them as opposed to letting it happen sort of naturally um it it looked worse the more he like focused it was weird so like he just kind of like lets it free flow and so there is a little bit of that in the style um which is super cool and then he also mentioned that uh getting the uh autobot and decepticon icons right was so hard uh when he was doing the art like getting it consistent in the same place every time getting the detail and everything else and so it was just really cool hearing from um hearing from daniel uh, about that and uh it i'm just super excited for it i think you know the the there was also questions of you know I have, you know, there was a dad there, I think, with and has kids. And he's like, oh, like, you know, can, will my kids be able to read the Energon universe? Because obviously it's Robert right. Kirkman and Kirkman yeah. has done yeah. Invincible and Walking Dead. Like there's, you can and have so an adult like, version, but it'd be nice if your kids can read stuff, too, you know? Right, right. And so, you know, Kirkman, it's funny because when he asked the question, Daniel Warren Johnson leaned into the mic and was like, hard R. <laughs> but um, he, he was just joking. Uh, you know, Kirk, Kirkman basically said like teen yeah. up, you know, like 12, 12 plus. 12 yep. plus. Um, so this is good, right? Like we have we have an approachable universe, I think, that in that age range, right, they'll be able to appreciate a lot of the narratives that Kirkman and team want to bring. Um, 
And so it's not going to be like a gate kept thing where it's like, oh, it's like super violent all the time or like really unsettling or like horror themed um, or like too much with the horror theme. Right. So that was really cool to hear and see also uh, out of that yeah. panel. Um we got something super cool in that panel yeah. as well uh, before we move away from the Energon Universe panel, which is um, so that ash cam that we were talking about that was like super popular and incredibly rare. Uh, well, in this panel and then this panel only, uh, they gave out a black and white version of that ash cam. Um, it's, it's awesome. So cool. <laughs> it is amazing. And uh, I also we also had a chance to get it signed by Daniel Warren Johnson, which uh, he was ever so gracious in the roundtable afterwards. Um, and so, yeah, that's going to go in a frame mm. and going to go on my wall. Speaking speaking of that, Jeremy, immediately following this panel, we got to go to a different room and we had a roundtable interview with this entire panel. We got to talk to Robert Kirkman, Daniel Warren Johnson, Joshua Williamson. And then the final was Sean. Uh, what's What's his last name? Mechowicz. I think it's Mechowicz. I, I might be pronouncing his name wrong. I apologize. Yeah. But. but it was, we got to do about a 20 minute round table. There were other uh, outlets that were interviewing. We had Brad and Lisa from combo couples counseling there with us as well. And they were, they, this was my first round table. So they were kind of giving a little bit of pointers because they are seasoned pros at this, but that, that round table will be coming in a, in its own future episode. We're going to be talking about that and sh sharing that entire audio with everybody. So we won't dive too much into it, but it was very fun and a, a really cool experience to, to be in a room with those creators. Cause it was really like a total of what, like 15 people in the room with these creators at, at once. Barely, like not even that many, to be honest. Like it was, it was a pretty small gathering. I was able to grab a selfie with Josh Williams. I got a and, selfie with Robert um, Berkman. And yeah, it was just really cool. Yeah, I know you did, Lucky. Uh, so it was, uh, it was a great time uh, at the uh, roundtable. So I'm looking forward to having that audio out so you can all enjoy yeah. it. All right, Chris, we we talked for a while. So what was your next big thing? I think going to some of the other comic studio panels was, was pretty fun. Um, I, the next one I'll mention was the boom studios. The slaughter verse was kind of interesting because they talked a lot about something is killing the children. And I didn't even know there was a verse <laughs> with associated yeah, with this comic, yeah, the slaughter -verse. But, but that was kind of cool hearing about the house of slaughter. And so we heard, we heard from James Tinian uh, with uh, Tate Bromball and Boom editor Eric Harburn uh, were all there and they kind of showed some upcoming covers and some really cool art. And it, it was it was pretty neat, just like going into it a little bit new to that universe. And this is one of the books I got was the first couple of collected editions of Something is Killing the Children is one that I've been wanting to read for a bit. So um, that was kind of neat just to hear about their take on this kind of different kind of superhero and or not superhero really, but like a different kind of protagonist I'll right. say. Um, so we'll, we'll be getting into that in future episodes. We are absolutely doing a something is killing the children episode. That was really fun. And yeah. then uh, also in the image verse uh, was the massive verse panel. And that had Kyle Higgins and Brian Bucoletto and Melissa Flores and, uh, Lance was there as well. And, and, Me and that Megan was Camarena was also on the Meg panel. Yeah. And, um, that was really cool too. Cause they, they announced a couple of things that were, you know, um, very recent in the comics and, and just stuff that showed some upcoming art and, and talked about how like each one of the books kind of tied into each other. And, and, and that was just, it was 
pretty cool uh just to just to hear all about these these new kind of next generation superheroes um and how they're how they're planning them all out and and everything like that i was i was uh very impressed by that so yeah yeah, the Massiverse is super fun. They were teasing more about the Catalyst War, which is the major event that's about to happen in Radiant Black. We got to see an exclusive clip of from No One, which is another one of mm-hmm. the Kyle Higgins stories, also written by uh, co-written by Bucoletto, I believe. And they also gave us the Comic-Con exclusive first kind of oh, round yeah. of their uh, Radiant Black Masterverse card game that's going to be coming out. It's going to be coming to Kickstarter right. very soon. But we picked up an extra packet of A the card deck, which will also be given away through Patreon. Hey. Uh, but yeah, and it, it includes two decks that are in there. So you can immediately play with someone else. There's a QR code that you can scan with your phone that tells you more about how to play the game. I'm very excited to try and play it because they said it's like a, a super quick game, like very fast throwing cards yeah. down and then you're done. So fun and quick. And, and the, the, your chance of winning, if you sign up for our Patreon is very good. I mean, we, we only have, we only have less than 20 patrons. And I mean, just think about rolling a D 20. Like it, it's that those are pretty good chances. Like you pretty could, you could definitely win one of these things that we're giving away. And if that's all you sign up for, then that's fine. But we're going to keep giving away stuff. I mean, like you should definitely consider subscribing uh, to our Patreon. Anyway, please, uh, please. <laughs> uh, I, I have a really quick uh, James Tinian story from the con. Uh, okay. So I was in line because I had my deluxe edition of uh, the Something is Killing the Children book, the hardcover. Boom puts together such incredible hardcovers. Everybody, if you have not grabbed their deluxe editions, do it. They're beautiful. They're really, they're really yeah. nice. Yeah. So I was in line to, to get this signed and there was uh, a woman in front of me. Her name was Summer. Hi, Summer. How's it going? Uh, she was very nice. And we started talking about the podcast and everything. But when she got to the front of the booth, with James, she had talked about how much she loved his nails because they were painted all black. And she said, "How I'm surprised you don't have the teeth from something is killing the children on your nails. He, and he said, well, it, it would just take so long to do. And I chimed in. I was like, well, why don't you just get Boom to make stickers, like those fingernail stickers that you can just put on. I'm pretty sure they would be pretty popular, right? And he stopped and he was just like, that is a good idea. I'm going to talk to them about that. And I'm not kidding when the con was over. So we're talking Sunday. We're walking out of the hall. We're still standing outside the convention center. James starts walking by me and I just said, Hey James. And he stopped. We took a picture together and uh, really quick. I was just like, so did you talk to boom about those uh, fingernail stickers? He's like, yeah, we're, we're looking into it. <laughs> so he had actually mentioned it to them, which is hilarious. But Lance has all the best ideas. So if you see something is something is killing the children fingernail stickers, you're you're welcome. And also James is unbelievably nice. Such a cool dude. Uh he deserves all the recognition in the world. He won another Eisner that night. Uh but yeah, super super great dude. Support him and everything he does. Jeremy, that was my little little spiel there. What you got? Y'all were going to panels and checking stuff out. I've got uh, a comic publisher panel that I went to, which was Oni Press. Um, so that one was was really fun. I went to that one on Thursday. Uh, and so, you know, I basically had Hunter Gorenson, who's like the chief publisher and like the uh, basically the president of, of Oni Press. Uh, and he was there with a panel of uh, talent um, 
and basically just talking about some upcoming titles for Oni Press, etc. Uh, one point, you know, there, there were a couple of things, really. Like he was talking about how Oni Press creates a space for uh, new talent, uh, which, you know, in this industry can be very, very difficult, right? Like when you're talking about the big two or even image or boom, uh, you don't necessarily see them taking a chance on a creator that nobody's really heard yeah. of or doesn't have like an IP that you can like, like launch properly into like multiple, you know, series and franchises. And, and, and for else. those that don't know, Oni, one of their big hits is Scott Pilgrim versus the world and, and all of their books kind of associated with that. So that's, that's one that they always kind of like to feature. They have color versions, they have, you know, all the Scott Pilgrim kind of stuff. Plus some other great titles, but that yeah. that's definitely one, of, if not their biggest, like one of the ones that you might know them from. And we missed yeah, out. We missed out on Sunday because Brian Lee O'Malley did a surprise signing with Felix Comic Art booth. Ooh. And I didn't know about it. Oh, he, he did. did. Uh, but but exciting news is that Felix Comic Art is going to have additional signings with brian lee o'malley moving forward so we might be able to catch him potentially at WonderCon, maybe next san diego comic-con i gotta get those scott pilgrim versus the world hardcover sorry signed. i already have a signed scott pilgrim poster oh so good brian for you oh, okay. hanging on my wall oh, right okay. here oh. <laughs> all right Chris, hey, I, don't, I don't get to say that too often that i have something signed y'all know so eat it <laughs> put that okay. put that okay. tank top away and stop flexing chris okay thank you yeah. Uh, I hope you have a permit <laughs> for those guns. All right. Um, anyways, you distracted me now. Okay. Oni Press. Yes. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world is kind of their cash cow uh, that they come back to a lot, but they also have a lot of, you know, third party, unique, you know, artists and creators um, on the panel. Uh, and so they talked about uh, some of those. Uh, one artist in particular kind of caught my eye at the panel. His name is uh, Matt. Lesniewski. I'm probably mispronouncing his name really badly, and I do apologize, Matt. Uh, but he has this very interesting style. Um, it, he's colorblind. Uh, and so he you he has to kind of keep that in mind when he's doing his his art. And Hunter was saying how like they've tried to get colorists to do it, but like his style just it doesn't work with color. So it has to be done in black and white. Um, and so uh, he has a, a story or he has a um, uh, yeah, he has a, a comic coming out later this year. He has this new comic coming out called Faceless and the Family. Um, and it's like it's sort of like a futuristic sort of like sci fi story. Um, but, you know, Hunter is so committed to Matt's artistic style that they're just they're going to commit to printing it in black and white with the highest DPI possible printed on special paper. Like it was just a really cool kind of commitment to this artist and creator to be able to say, like, no, like, I really believe in what Matt is doing. And this is what our publisher is doing to align with that, as opposed to, you know, maybe some other publishers that would be like, oh, well, no, we have to color it or, oh, mm -hmm. you know, OK, we'll publish it in black and white, but it'll be this that or whatever like they'll, they'll compromise right so um so that was really cool and there was a lot of other really cool uh cool uh, titles uh featured at the oni press panel as well um you can you can catch them in my uh i did a recap on the geekly grind so you can check out uh, my recap from uh day one uh which is when i went to that panel um 
so that was uh that was a publisher thing that i did that was pretty cool um and then i guess another kind of uh fun outing i had was at uh funko games uh so funko games hosted a rooftop tabletop activation Ooh. uh where they were kind of spotlighting various i know i know chris chris daly is like uh, <laughs> rooftop waggled um rooftop tabletop uh so there were some cool uh games on display there i sat down with a nice guy named david and he kind of showed me uh the indiana jones game that funko games is putting out and you know beautiful view really cool games um and you know admittedly full transparency like funko games was sort of like, I didn't really feel like they had a good grasp on, like, what they were doing in the first year or two. Like, it was just sort of like, hey, we want to put out these different kinds of Funkos to be incorporated with games, but it didn't really feel cohesive. Um, but now they're just really committed to, like, actually developing fun games. And this Indiana Jones game, I felt like would be a great appetizer for a game night. Like, it moved pretty quickly, pretty simple rules to pick up. Um, and it honestly was just a ton of fun. So, uh, I didn't get a chance to check out the other ones. They had like scream. Um, they had, I think they had an avatar game as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking those out. Uh, I did reach out to Funko games afterwards. So hopefully we'll be getting some review product and you can look forward to that on the geekly grind. Uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a really cool event, uh, that I went to as well. So there's a couple of things that that's dope kind of along the same lines of, of what you just talked about with that creator. They're coming out with like the black and white comic. I attended the Conan the barbarian panel. So that's going to be coming out from Titan comics and it, they've already said it's on track to be the best selling Titans comic they've ever released. And it's already going to a second print. It's very exciting. They're kind of going back to the roots of Conan the barbarian after Marvel has lost the rights to the character and they also announced that on top of just having the Conan the Barbarian main title that's going on, that's going to be written by Jim Zub, is that they are doing the Savage Sword of Conan, which is going to be various creators on the title. It is also going to be in black and white, and it, it's just going to be this this collection of Conan the Barbarian stories. They also mentioned that they will be bringing back fan favorite characters from Conan Barbarian lore, some that potentially have been killed off, but because of this new iteration of the character, they can be brought back in. So a lot of exciting things happening over at Titan Comics. I picked up the uh, Colleen Duran variant. I think Jeremy also picked up that variant at the convention as well. Uh, Absolutely beautiful. Colleen Duran, I think ended up winning an Eisner that night for a different book. So, uh, yeah, I think so. I'd have to look back. Yeah, yeah. but th- there's just, I'm very excited for this title. Um, but yeah, Chris, Chris, what were you going to say before? Oh, I was going to say, and this is kind of something in the in a different sphere, but since Jeremy mentioned the tabletop games, one of the things I did on Thursday was I went to, I, I'm a content creator on TikTok and in, in Instagram for tabletop art. And um, I went to a little mixer get together uh, social media party uh with our friend Weston of of uh, who did our theme song and uh, and some other arcane anthems and uh some other creators uh my my friends at Beetle and Grimms and and um a bunch of other creators and with that that was just kind of fun to network and hang out and talk and everything like that so I got to meet some some of the folks that are on uh, Candela Obscura and, and met Robbie Damon and, and, um, uh, just, yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, 
just to just to hang out with with people in the sphere and everything like that. And um, I've talked to a lot of local San Diego game creators and people that work in the TTRPG and also just board game uh, industry from like Renegade and stuff like that. So that that was that was really cool. I like Renegade. I buy all their Power Ranger games. They that'd be nice if they <laughs> could send me free I know. things. I would like that. <laughs> Renegade, if you are listening, this is the not so subtle um, hint that we would love your and then style. The only other um, comics panel that I went to was was a big was probably the biggest one, which was the the twentieth anniversary Invincible panel on Friday, and it was supposed to be well, it was actually Robert Kirkman and Corey Walker and Ryan Otley. Um, and they just kind of talked about the book and the, you know, the book is done, but they kind of were talking about like, Hey, these are things that we've been working on different projects. And they announced that there's some video game stuff that they're working on. They announced that Omni-Man was in mortal Kombat is going to be a, yeah. the first DLC that's in mortal Kombat one. Uh, they're working on an Adam Eve mobile game, which looks pretty cool. It's kind of like a, like a social media or, uh, th- you know, one of those things like telltale does where you have to like make decisions and, uh, social deduction stuff like that and and that's adam eve and then they announced that an adam eve uh standalone episode was being released that day uh right. which is which is out now so um that that was kind of cool to be like hey you can watch this right now on amazon and and they've been working on that and they talked about that design and things like that so we were all kind of like "Ooh, are they going to come back but they did he did mention something that was kind of interesting that i thought that i haven't seen too many people mention is like once we're done with the animated show that's when they might consider doing more comics or like a different kind of like jumping in the future and like telling another story grayson spinoff that's why i'm mentioning it is is because like that's because i think somebody in the q a was like Will we ever see comics about some other like of these other characters in the universe? And he's like, I don't think we're going to be doing more comics quite yet, but like because we're, we're doing the cartoon. But once the cartoon is done and, and we're doing different things with the cartoon, that's maybe when we would revisit the comic. So it, it's not outside of the realm of possibility, which I think is, is awesome. And there's definitely a lot of characters that we might see like spinoffs from. That's very exciting. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, something really cool that we got to do. So Chris Hacker and Aaron Knowles were both at the convention. They are the hosts of the Oblivion Bar podcast. They are our friends. Very excited. I had met Chris uh, before at last year's San Diego, Diego Comic Con, but this was the first time I had been able to meet Aaron in person, which was great. They uh, work for, I believe it's Comic Sketch Art at the booth. So that's how they're able to kind of make their way over to the cons. And they were very kind in helping me acquire a few autographs that might have been a little bit more difficult to acquire otherwise. But specifically, like Chris was able to help me get my uh, Superior Spider-Man and uh, Superior Spider-Man issue one and my Beta Ray Bill number one Stegman variant signed by Ryan Stegman. And I also got that that DWJ signature on that same issue. So now I have a Stegman DWJ signed beta ray bill issue one book which is amazing but aaron was able to help me out to get some signatures from peach momoko who is one of the hottest artists in the game right now because her tickets for her signatures at her booth were gone as soon as the floor opened there was no way to get them so aaron was kind enough he said oh leave your books with me i'll see what i can do about getting those signed for you and i'm like cool it'd be great to maybe get a signature from her and so i gave Aaron, my issue of 
Mighty Morphin 1 Peach Momoko morphing variant, as well as the uh, Power Ranger issue 2, uh, another Ranger morphing variant. So it's Tommy and Jason, my two favorite Rangers. And he takes them and he texts me and he says, hey, I got something for you. Tell me where you're at and I'll come bring it to you. And I had been waiting in line to get my 8 billion genies uh, hardcover signed by the creators. So he walks up and has a has them in a bag and he puts it in, it in my hands and he just smiles and he's like, there you go. And he starts walking away and I realize the bag is CGC. He got them witnessed by CGC. So I was oh, able wow. to go to that booth and send them out. I had, I had not mentioned that. It, it was just something that Aaron did. And there were only 20 representatives for, for CGC at the whole convention. So being able to get anything witnessed was difficult there. So a huge thank you to Chris Hacker. A huge thank you to Aaron Knowles. We love both of you guys. Uh, and we we will be doing many more crossovers in the future. Uh, Chris Hacker also just recently said that he wants to come on uh, to do Dead Man. So that's mm. that's now in the plans as well. We need nice. to get Aaron on the show as well. So we need to ask him what character he wants and, to cover. And we had a good time eating dumplings and having um, yes. uh somi somi ice cream. Somi. <laughs> yeah, we went out, we went out to eat with Chris with Chris and Aaron one of the nights. It was super fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh I I I'm I'm sad that I missed out. My my wife had come downtown for us to have a bit of a a date night, but it just happened to overlap when you guys went to go get dumplings and stuff and I, I was like, "Dang." Missed out. Yeah. The, f- oh, well. the, f- the FOMO is real even when you are at San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> You're always yeah. can, out on can something. we can we talk can I talk about some of the panels that are not necessarily uh comics related but but sort of tangential? No, absolutely. Yes, it's yeah. a podcast. You can talk <laughs> about whatever you want. If it was at Comic Con, yeah. Well, about. one of them is it's just it's not what you might think. So on Sunday just like last year, one of the things I did is I brought my kids. But the other thing that I did that was that I've never done before was I dressed up. And this is the first time I did cosplay. My kids and I have been really getting into the show Gravity Falls on Disney Plus. And it's a funny show. and It's very, very clever. And it's enjoyable for adults and for kids. And so we all dressed up like Gravity Falls, Gravity Falls characters and I dressed up like Grunkle Stan. And if you haven't seen the show, he's an old man with a with a gray beard and a little red fez. And he has a little cane and just he's, he's a character and big old glasses. So and then the kids were the kids and my wife dressed up as Wendy from the show. So we all went. We were going through the ballroom and taking pictures and everything. And and that was just like a way different experience because then all of a sudden people are like, can I take a picture with you? <laughs> and I was like, OK, uh, doing little poses and with the kids and everything. And um, yeah, just just a different like in the what, 18 years I've I've been to Comic-Con. It's it's like that's never happened. That was that was bizarre. But um, we went to. So on Sunday, one of the things we went to was the Sonic the Hedgehog comics uh, 30th anniversary, I think. 30th or 40th anniversary panel and it was all the creators of the sonic comics my son's very into sonic he reads sonic comics and they were talking about stuff that i this was a really cool dad moment but like a dad geek moment like i didn't understand some of these characters and he was like oh yeah that character and that that one and you know like and i was like okay (laughs) Uh, but that was that was pretty fun just because they were nerding out on like some of the stuff and they were showing so much like upcoming 
Halloween special. And here's this other thing that's coming next year and the 30th anniversary of Amy and all these things. So that was kind of cool just to see him have a good time and nerd out and a bunch of Sonic fans. <laughs> um, I, I am uh, like tangentially a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog comics because I have the entire Mega Man RT oh. run. Um, and Mega Man and Sonic uh, had a, uh, what was it called? Um, Worlds Collide. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, overlapping series, uh, which was like a crossover yeah. event. Uh, and so there were a lot of times when the Sonic the Hedgehog and Mega Man comics kind of spoke oh. to each other. Um, so I'm I'm always kind of interested yeah. in those worlds. And even now, after I've um, I've kind of culled my personal collection quite a bit, uh, I feel like video game uh, video game comics are uh, something I probably would continue nice. to to collect. So that's cool that you got to go to the yeah. The Sonic it was different. You know, it's just kind of different. I would never have gone to that. I think otherwise. But uh, I also got to go to the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. An animated anniversary is the 40th anniversary of the D&D cartoon. And they had the original creator or the original producer of the show, the guy that's writing the D&D Dungeons and Dragons Adventures comic, which is being made now. Like, so he's like telling more stories with those characters, which is kind of cool. Um, that that goes through Wizards of the Coast and everything. And then one of the voice actors um, uh, from from the show was there. And and so they were just kind of talking about like how the cartoon was made and their its impact. And and that was that was kind of fun just because I remember loving watching that cartoon when when I was a kid. Um, yeah, it was it was fun. That's really cool. All right, Jeremy, what you got? Really something that stood out to me was similar to what Chris was talking about earlier meeting creators. I met so many creators. Holy cow. And I've talked to Lance about this before. So like I started the Geekly Grind in 2015 and I started going to cons like WonderCon and stuff like that in 2017. But I didn't follow comics. So like I was there for like the pop culture. I was there to like kind of be around things, see some tabletop games, whatever. Um, But I didn't really appreciate like all the talent that was there. And so I think I remember telling Lance once, like I walked by some guy's booth. Uh, I think his name was Grant Morrison. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, well, like seriously, well, per, like person, like person's booth, their, their booth, their booth. Yeah. Like someone's booth. Um, but they, they would come over to, you know, somebody would come and be like, Oh yeah, this person wrote Batman or this person did that. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I had no, no sense of like why that would be cool or important to me. Um, and so it was just really, uh, really different. Now these last couple of years since I got into comics, thank you slash Chris. Yeah, you're welcome. Like all, all, all of the, uh, all of the creators that now I like seek out and like want to connect with. So obviously had to meet, had to see Daniel Warren Johnson again. Um, hung out with him a couple times. So I'm at the Eisner's. Lance, I'm going to let you talk right, about the Eisner. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we got to hang out with them there, but, you know, went by Felix to see him. Um, but I also saw, uh, met uh, Sean Murphy, Rick Remender, um, uh, Charles Soule and Ryan Brown, uh, Zoe Thorogood, uh, John Ramita Jr., um, David Mack, uh, Jay Lee, Stegman, Otley, um, gosh, who else did I connect with? Uh, Marco Sarciato, Sarciato, like the mm-hmm. artist, um, got a signature from him. Um, and 
The yeah, list is long. I, so many people. The list was long. The list is long. Lots of selfies, lots of connection, lots of just like kind of thanking them for what they've brought to comics and, and their stories and everything. And and it was just really, really cool. Uh, I just really enjoyed being able to connect um, with those folks, like, you know, being able to see Dan Slott at WonderCon uh, as well, like, and, and for his amazing Silver Surfer run and just being able to like look him in the eye, shake his hand, get signatures on a couple of things, right? Like it's... um it's just really cool and very fulfilling as a, a fan of comics, uh, as a lover of comic books and, uh, and being more involved in the industry now. Um, it was just really fulfilling and awesome. So, um, it was a great time. Yeah. And all meeting all those people. like the list of creators that we got things signed by and just got to meet this year was wild. Like on top of everybody that Jeremy just mentioned, we also, uh, got things signed by Rick Remender uh, that we got multiple things signed by the Massiverse creator. So Kyle Higgins, Melissa Flores, Megan Camarena, uh, Bucoletto, like the, it was wild just how many creators were available for mass audiences. Like the, there were multiple signings each day for the majority of the creators. They, they knew that the, because there weren't the big studios there, that there was going to be more presence on the floor, I feel like. So that's why there were more signings. But it was so much fun to be able to get into a line and then without waiting for hours on end that will that would actually be able to not only meet them, but like have a couple minutes like talking with them. And they were very kind with their time. Every single creator I ran into was just incredibly nice. And that leads directly into, like Jeremy mentioned, we got to go to the Eisners, literally the the height of comic book award ceremonies. We got to go there. And so we were in like the press section, which was super exciting. And we we didn't have some tight rope between us and the creators. It was just our row of seats. And then it was, <laughs> we, we literally were like, oh, there's Tinian. Oh, there's Scott Snyder. <laughs> and like yeah. just people walking by. Jim Lee. Like, uh. Jim Lee walked by us multiple times. Uh, Tom King, Mitch Dreads. Like the, there were so many creators there. And it was it was great to, we were there with Brad and Lisa again from Combo Couples Counseling. And it was just so much fun talking amongst ourselves and be like, who do we think is going to win this award next? And then majority of the time we were right, which was very fun. But getting to listen to all of their acceptance speeches. We got to celebrate with Daniel Warren Johnson for him winning his first Eisner, which was great. Uh, like after uh, Tom and Mitch won their Eisner, they came by and they like shook our hands, which was great. Uh, yeah. I grabbed a selfie from them. Like when they were walking by, I'm like, Hey guys, look, let me get your picture. Like initially I just wanted to get a picture of them with their Eisners. And then, and then, I, and then we're like, Oh, do you want to get a picture? I'm like, sure. You have a picture with, you have a picture with Tiny and, Tom King and Tom Taylor in the same photo with you. Yes. It's unbelievable. Yes, I do. That it's so amazing. cool. So good. And Jim Lee. Yeah. I was able to snap, snap one with uh, Jim Lee after the uh, awards as well. So that was a, a really, yeah. really cool. Uh, but yeah, experience. like, and then we just kind of hung out and talked with various people throughout the rest of the night after the awards ended, which was really late. But again, like all of the creators that we talked to, we're just so nice and warm and welcoming. And it was just a very celebratory feeling. And I'm very excited to go next year as well, just because I want to see who's going to win. I want to have more experiences celebrating with them and, and just, and again, learning more about the books that we should be reading because there were multiple books that I had not heard of 
before that night. So the Eisners are a great opportunity to know what is literally the best. And it's not just the winners, like read all the book, like all those nominees, there's such a wide reaching scope of work yeah. that you can enjoy. So check out who was nominated bad for my wallet. Yes. Very, it was very bad, bad for, for, my for, wallet, for sure. Cause I went the next day on Saturday, I went out and I was like, time to go shopping. And I, I got shooting this journey. I got ducks. I got, Journey, uh, it's lonely at the center of the earth. I got, um, I picked up some yeah. other things too, but I mean, it was just super yeah, fun, dangerous. Uh, we picked up a lot of stuff, and I think we're going to try to do, um, like some a video for our patrons. Um, so another thing to kind of look and look forward to for our bagged and boarded episode is we're going to do like a little video that kind of goes over some of the some of the things that we got signed and some of the like toys that we got and things like that so it's just something to look forward to so we won't just talk about all those things because you can't really see them but if you want to see them go onto our patreon and, and uh, look forward to that sometime soon yeah speaking of things we picked up though chris you need to talk about the grail that you found because it leads directly into the grail oh, yeah. that i got yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was kind of just looking around at some of the booths. I think it was on Friday, maybe, or I, I'm trying to remember. But um, I saw a small booth that um, had a couple of comics up on the wall. And then they had some, you know, bins as, as many of these little booths do. And I've been looking for there's a couple of them that I have on my short list. And we even talked about it in a recent episode of just like, Hey, what are some grails that you're looking for? And what are things that you would pick up if you saw like a good deal on them? So one of them was the first appearance of Hellboy, which is Next Men 21 Part 3. Uh, so one of the ones I was looking for is Next Men 21 Part 3. And it's the first appearance of Hellboy in in a comic. Um, so uh so that's I was like, well, I'll look around. And then, you know, I was looking at the Hellboy and then they had it at this booth and it was a good price. And I was like, I think it's a good price. And I texted Lance. I was like, look what I've had. Is this, is this good? Should I get it? And he was like, Ooh, that's a fine. Yeah. No, that was <laughs> and, a great price. And I was like, it's, it's a good condition. Like it's pretty good. And, and, uh, and, and th- so I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to get it. Um, and then as I was going through stuff, I, I remembered that Lance was looking for a particular issue, which I'll let him talk about, but I saw it and I was like, Hey, you might want to come over here because they have the one that you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, Chris sent me a picture of that Hellboy of Next Men 21. I was like, yes, buy that. The price was incredible. And uh, yeah, it's like the first color appearance of Hellboy, right? Mm-hmm. In in comics. Yeah. Because there, there's multiple. There's like his first um, like design shown up in a comic. And it's there's like it's like in San Diego Comic-Con uh, issue two type of thing and there's yeah. prototypes and things like that but this was the first time he's in color and it's great the, oh my gosh i love that book i need to get that if you hadn't bought that i was gonna go to the booth and buy it um because <laughs> i also want that issue but yeah so chris yeah. messaged me because he knows i am trying to complete my invincible run or i should say now i was trying to complete my invincible run because there was only one issue oh, i was looking for and that was issue 110 which is a Big issue within the series. Something major happens in the story. I won't say it for spoiler reasons, but something very major <laughs> happens with Mark. And, and and I and I I saw the Invincible like 
uh, long box. And I was like, oh, I wonder, I think the one that Lance is looking for. And it was the first one that was right in front. <laughs> it was like, there it is. And I was like, I think this is the one he's looking for. And I texted her. I texted you and I was like, are you looking for this? What, what issue? And he's like, 110. I was like, this one. <laughs> and he's like, what? Yeah. Cause hardly like, I've only come across it in person one other time. It was way overpriced, like double what fair market value was for it. And this was on Thursday, Chris. Look, we had just had oh, preview yeah. night, and this was Thursday, <laughs> the first day of the con. And so you messaged me that picture. I was finishing up at a booth. I, I think I was finishing an interview with someone, actually. And so I headed over to the booth, and they had it up on the wall for $100. I noticed that it had it, – it's not in the best condition. It, it looks good, but there is one, like, small mm-hmm. stain in, like, the corner. But this was about completing the collection, and – as soon as I pointed that out, the booth owner was like, oh, you're right. He immediately looked it up and knocked it down significantly off of the price. And to the point where the number he said was the number I had in my head of what I was willing to pay for it. Exactly. So I mm-hmm. have now completed my Invincible run. My issue one. And you told Robert Kirkman that, I right? did. Yeah. So issue one is a reprint. My collection, I do not have over a grand to spend on a, a first print of issue one, <laughs> nor will I, but uh, yeah, at the round table, after we finished it, I thanked Robert for the opportunity to be in that round table and for being able to talk with him. And then I let him know at the convention, like the day before I had completed the collection. I had finally found the final issue and he's like, Oh, 144. I was like, Oh no, 110. He's like, Oh yeah. 110. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, sorry about he's that. Like, sorry about 110. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was a great experience to be able to finish that run and the surreal experience of then being able to meet Robert Kirkman in the same weekend. Like it was back to back days, I think, or maybe it was, yeah, a that's dope. it was, it's yeah. an unbelievable. It, it, made this convention so next level for me it felt very surreal and oh man it it is an experience i will never forget yeah of all the people to celebrate you completing your invincible (laughs) run i'd say robert kirkman's probably at the top of the list (laughs) like the only thing that would have made it better is if you swung by ollie afterwards and you were like oh by the way you know like i committed my invincible run this weekend but still like you had to complete this to unlock the token that allowed you to meet (laughs) the creator like it was, so, it yeah. was an, uh, yeah. Like if you didn't do that on Thursday, like if you went to the Energon panel and the round table, like you wouldn't have like, been able on. to go in. And <laughs> like, this he's like, you cannot come in. You don't have a complete invincible run. Like I don't either. Well, that's that's awesome. So we uh, both got some grails in our list and yeah. you completed a compl- entire collection. And that's awesome. Yeah. And I bought I bought the books I was talking about. So I, I didn't, you know, I'm not really collecting singles as much anymore. I'm focusing more on those collected editions, but I think, um, my, my grail, my takeaways or rather my takeaways from the weekend were, um, my 8 billion genies that I got, uh, double signed by Brown and soul. Oh, I got those too. Um, And you know, and Mark, that was pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. We all did. That's pretty cool. Right guys. Uh, we all got one of those. Uh, and then uh, yeah. my hardcover Tokyo Ghost, uh, which I got double signed by Remender and Sean Murphy. Um, uh, and we got we got a sketch by Sean Murphy. In we did. Our, I, I got a remark in mine. And it's funny because so when I when I went to get Remender's signature, um, first I told him I hate him for making. Well, I don't hate him. I love him. But I hate him for making the huge yeah. oversized hardcovers like they're beautiful and incredibly priced. But 
you know, when you want to get the man's signature and you're lugging around 25 pounds worth of books, um, not the best experience. Uh, but my back hurt after that. Day. Yeah. And no carpet, by the way, no carpet anywhere in the con. So anytime we stepped into booth that <laughs> carpeting, we were like, Oh, like old people. We were just, <laughs> we were just like enjoying the carpeting. Um, but when I had it in my bag, my Tokyo ghost copy, it got bent. Like the page on the inside got bent from my book bag in a weird way. And so remember, said it was a special fold <laughs> variant so he wrote like special fold variant and pointed to the fold and then signed it and then i brought it to sean murphy and he actually wasn't doing remarks typically like you usually like people are having to pay for sketches i think so but i pointed out so yeah. for sean murphy you just had to buy something at the booth of his and then he would do a remark okay well yeah i did pick up a i picked up a cool looking um exclusive that he had at his booth but um so i did that and then he he put uh, a lead mm -hmm. uh lead dent uh, <laughs> remark sketch on the inside on that same page so now i have the special fold variant yeah, incredible and uh, the sketch so yeah it was awesome really cool stuff that i i brought home and uh nice yeah it was a great yeah, i was a great time on top of the other things that are going to be coming through our feed, I also got to interview Melissa Flores and Mega Camarena talking about the Power Rangers Unlimited uh, Hyperforce one shot that came out and kind of talked about uh, that in general. That episode is going to be dropping with that audio very soon. And I also got to interview Daniel Friedman. And that is also going to be coming soon. And Jeremy and I are going to be talking about his work. So Bird King and Bird King Volume 2, which is coming out later this year. So pre-order that now. It's an incredible series. We're going to talk about more reasons why you should read it also as well as his work uh, with Raiders and uh, Kali, which I, I just binge read and I know Jeremy did too. And it's a blast to read. So that issue is also going to be coming very soon. But I think honestly, the, on top of like being able to get that transformers, Ash can being able to finish my invincible run, uh, being able to do that round table interview for the energy universe, the, the big thing this con for me, like the biggest grail that I walked away with on top of like being able to hang out with my nerdy friends at the convention was that we, we ran into, or we met an artist back at WonderCon earlier in the year. And we, through Brad from comic book counseling introduced us to Jesse. So Jesse James comics and Jesse pretty much immediately in, introduced us to, uh, Eamon Winkle, who is an up and coming artist. His work is phenomenal. Uh, follow him on Twitter. His his handle is at Can I Get an Amen? But his name is spelled E A M O N. And then it's the best it's Twitter so handle. Good. It's hilarious. It's so good. <laughs> uh, and then on and then on Instagram, it's just at Amen Winkle. And we we've we repost this stuff all the time now. But an incredible artist. As soon as we saw his work, we're like, Oh, this dude's gonna blow up. It's just it's just the way it's gonna be. But I had talked to Eamon about potentially doing uh, something through our Patreon, like a sketch to give away. And when we met up at the con, he we were just talking. He's like, oh, and, and I have something for you. And he pulled out this, what I thought was just going to be a quick sketch. And it's this stunning, full-on uh, drawing of Weapon X. And it is beautiful to the point where I jokingly was like, Amen. I don't know if I can like let this go or give it away. <laughs> and he's like, honestly, he's like, when I was doing it, I figured like this one's for you. And like something is going to be coming for our patrons. So our 
through our Patreon feed, there is going to be something in the future from Eamon for you, uh, potential at, at getting something from him. So you should be very excited because his work is great. After that, we went to the Junji Ito experience together, and I hadn't, I haven't read Junji Ito work before, but I got so excited looking because I love horror, and this work was next level. I I am so excited to dive in. And then we went over to the Comic Con art show, which is where Eamon had his work up on display that was also part of the the auction that they were doing and i just had a blast hanging out with him he is going to come on the show and we are going to do an episode of a crisis on infinite crossovers style episode talking about the batman and dracula red rain elseworld story uh, so that is also coming in the future for the uh, for the show but it, it was just a blast i have the sketch that he did of weapon x here on my it is on my recording table now i am I already have it on display, but I am going to buy a new frame for it as well. Literally every single time I look at it, I'm just like blown away by the detail. And it, like Eamon is such a great guy that every just support him. Everyone go follow him at Eamon Winkle or can I get an Amen? <laughs> um, but yeah, support this guy. He's going to do great things. Like he's awesome. He's, he's honestly a really, really nice guy. So we love supporting people that are nice and kind. So go follow him because he's really, really cool. Amen. But <laughs> Amen. <laughs> on that note, I think it's time to close the book on Comic-Con 2023. So until next time, this is Chris and Lance and Jeremy reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer.